Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered here today. We pray in Jesus' mighty name that even as we are about to study your word, Holy Spirit, you come and teach us. Open our heart to understand. I pray for utterance. I pray that you direct my thoughts. Give me words in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that before we leave this meeting, Lord, you speak to us in several ways. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Sorry, one minute. Okay, so last week we started talking about um, planning or perceiving your plan, which is a continuation of um, our first topic for the year, which is planning. So once you have the plans in place, the next thing you have to do is to pursue those plans and make sure that they come into fruition. So by way of summary, we, we, we mentioned six points last week, that you seek the plan of God for your life, commit yourself, commit your plans to God, which was number two, and then gather information about your plan. Whatever thing that you are going to do, you need to gather information about it. Whatever pursuit that you have set your heart on to, to um, pursue, you need to um, gather information about it. And then you write down the plan write down the plan so this week myself um on saturday maybe saturday or friday there's this as uh, a series i'm preaching and a message dropped into my my mind and my spirit i'm like oh this is a very good a verse drop into my spirit which i was going to use to um add to the message that i was preaching and i think i was driving or something or i was going somewhere and I said to myself, oh, I'll be able to recollect this this verse anytime I start writing. <laughs> By the time I got ready, <laughs> I couldn't recollect the verse. I couldn't recollect the thoughts. I mean, whatever dropped into my mind, I couldn't even remember what it was. So that this point came to my mind again. that <laughs> It's always good to write down <laughs> the thoughts, <laughs> whatever plans, whatever thoughts you have. <laughs> This point that I preach on Wednesday, I'm like, this is what I said on Wednesday, that a short pencil is better than a long memory. I thought I had a good memory to recollect it, but I couldn't recollect it. So that was a lesson for me this week. Then the next thing I we said last week was to commit your plans to God and then be disciplined in your pursuits of your plans. Be disciplined as you pursue your plans. That was the last point we mentioned. So we're going to continue from that point this week. Now, just to stress more on, on planning or emphasize on planning, the farmer who does not plan is definitely going to fail. Farmers, I mean, coming from Ghana, where most of the farmers are not like very educated or very... Um, even though they have knowledge from what they do because their knowledge is passed on from generation generation to generation. However, they are, they are not like people. Most of them are not like people who have gone to school. Nowadays, you have people who have gone to school who are venturing into farming. But this farmers plan their season. They plan the times that they are going to put their seeds in the ground. They plan the times that they are going to check whether their seeds, whether their weeds are around they are seeds so that they weed around it. So farmers who farmers who do not plant are going to fail. They are not going to get the harvest that they are expecting. 
And for instance, farmers know that in the beginning of the year, there, were se there are seasons in Ghana where it's going to rain. And farmers know that in this season where it's going to rain in Ghana, this is the time that I can plant my maize or my corn. This is the plant date or this is the season that I can plant. So I can plant my seed. And so farmers plan and farmer who does not plan is going to fail. And everything that needs to grow must be managed. Our life, we need to grow in our lives, in our knowledge, in our workplaces, um, in our careers, our resources, the money we have, we want to see the money grow. And if we want to see the money grow, then we have to manage it. We have to plan what to use our money for. When I was writing this point, another some, something that happened came into my mind. There was a friend of mine who, who had a job as a teacher. Um, he had just come from high school and he was teaching to raise money for his tertiary education. And so there was a month that his, his salary had delayed. He was working in one of those pri um, private schools. And then he had his brother also who owed another person. His brother was owing another person. And the person was coming to take the money from the brother. So his brother said, even my other, my younger brother, he's, they have not paid him his salary yet. <laughs> so his younger brother came to tell me that, look, my salary that I have plans for, my brother also have plans for my salary. He's waiting for the salary to, his, his brother to be paid so that he can use it to pay, to go and pay his, his, his debt. <laughs> <laughs> said look me my salary that i'm waiting for you you have already made plans for my salary <laughs> so we need to plan what we use our money for plan what we use our resources for and then that's why it's important to also plan our lives because we want to succeed we want to excel we expect our life <clears throat> we expect um increment and we expect expect um development in our lives um a minister said that there are two things that you cannot stop and that is time and change and, and change and so you need to manage your time properly you need to manage changes properly and so that is why we need to manage our time and our resources and that requires planning god is a planner when you look at how god created the world he had a plan when god had a plan for israel right from the time of abraham God told Israel that your descendants were going to become slaves in another country. So God had already planned for them several years. And God knew every step of the way what was going to happen. He said 400 years and I'll take them out. And so God had a plan. When I look at the instructions that God gave Noah on the ark, he had a plan. He had a blueprint. He didn't just tell Noah to go and build an ark. And then Noah presented the ark to him and then we say, oh, the ark looks very beautiful. Go and get ready. It's going to rain. Um, yesterday I was reading, I mean, we are doing the um, reading plan, 100, 100 days reading plan. And I was reading the ark of the covenant. And I looked at the instruction that God was giving that put this here, do this measurement. Do Sometimes I try to use my imagination to imagine how what God was trying to say. And I can't really get every the picture in my mind or i can get all the pictures in my mind but i see how god is very specific with what he's he wants and exactly what he wants to be done the designs and everything he the colors to be used god is detailed like he he and i'm like oh if i'm working for god then i'm doing anything for god then i need to get the plan from god because god wants things to be done for him in a specific way that is his character that I need to get. 
So when I was reading this thing, even though I didn't from the measurement and the description and everything, I got lost. But I was just reading because I couldn't really imagine what I was using my imagination to say. Okay, he says that this one has to be this height. This one has to be this length. This one has to be that. But I, I couldn't fully get the picture in my mind. But one thing that I picked from it is that God is really detailed. When you are doing anything for him, he's detailed with how he wants things to be done. And so it's important that we get the blueprint from God if you are doing anything for him. Because all along, when people did things for God in the Bible, he gave them a blueprint how he wanted things to be done. And so it is important that we go to him to seek how he wants us to do things for him, in, especially in ministry, because God is very detailed and very specific with what he wants. And the same thing with the temple. He gave Moses instructions how he wanted him to lay it out and so god is a planner he plans and designs things and that's why we have this beautiful earth we live on today and that is why um it is important that if we are children of god then we need the character of god we need to behave like him if god plans everything he does then we also need a plan for the year we need a plan for the month for the week and for our lives so this statement here is it's, it's, it's a statement from a certain company in Ghana. I don't really remember that company. I don't remember exactly what they do. Maybe they were a construction or manufacturing or something like that. But they said that we take measurements before we take measures. So before they come and take any action on the site, they first of all take the measurement. So they take the dimensions, they take a plan, they need to put those measurements together before they come and take any actions. It's, it's a statement from a certain company, but I don't remember the name of the company, but I saw it on a signboard and I felt that was a very powerful statement that we take measurements before we take measures. So in our lives, we need to first of all take measurements before we take measures. So we're going to um, today. The next point, if we are going to be able to pursue our plan, is to be diligent. To be diligent. Work hard. You have to work hard. You have to be diligent in what you are doing. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6, that in the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which one will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. This is encouraging us to work hard to not refrain from working to not stop working to not give up and to not throw in the towel but to be constant with our work whatever work that we are doing the bible the principles in the bible expect us to work hard some people have said that the blessings of the lord make it rich and art no sorrow. Some people have translated that to mean that it means that you must not work very hard. You can just prosper without working hard. But when you look in the Bible, the principles in the Bible, the Bible encourages us as believers to work hard. And so now that you have committed yourself to the plans that you have for the year, you have to be determined that you are going to work very hard, even more than the previous year, because you don't want the same results that you had previously or in the past or in 2023 therefore you must put in extra effort you must work harder and put in your time to make sure that the plans that you have maybe it might be financial goals you have to work harder to ensure that those plans will come to pass 
The Bible says in Colossians, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. It means you do it with all your heart, with all the skill that you know. Some people may, may be wanting to, they, they might hope in their plan. They are hoping that this year I'm going to get promotion. And they are praying about promotion. But when they come to work, they are not working as hard. Or they are not putting in their best. They are not putting in work that deserves promotion. However, they are believing God for a miracle. That they are fasting and praying. That God will favor them. That their boss will like them. That something will happen. Something mystical will happen. That will cause their boss to just say, I'm promoting you. And and and, and some prayer warriors in a certain place that I know. They will be praying that God today don't let like how... Um, the king did not sleep when it was time to promote Mordecai. Don't let my boss sleep so that he will be dreaming about me to promote me. <laughs> Meanwhile, these people are not putting in the work. They are not working hard. They are not doing their best. They are not doing working if, for instance, it, it, your pursuit should be that you excel or you are excellent in what you are doing so that the people that you are reporting to will like your work. They will, and the that together with the favor of God will cause them to promote you. And so by the Bible expects that we work hard. The Bible says that the, in all labor there is profit, but an idle talk leads only to poverty. So some people will just say, oh, this year I'm going to get a promotion. That's an idle talk. They will just say, oh, this year I'm going to increase my finances. That's an idle talk. This year, my salary is going. This year, my salary is going to be increased by that and that percentage. That's an idle talk. But you have to work. You have to put in the work, and together with the favor of God, you are going to get the promotion that you are plan you are trusting God for. So whatever your plans are, if your plans are just abstract and you don't work on those plans, they will not come to pass. And so whilst I was thinking about hard work and how some. Christians believe that the blessings of God of God makes rich and therefore you are not supposed to work hard. One person that came to my mind was Jacob. That this Jacob had his father, he had taken the blessings of his brother Esau. So his father had declared all the blessings upon him. So the mantle of Abraham's blessing was upon Jacob. And so Jacob had Abraham's blessing. But I I, I'm, I'm looking at his story and when he was departing from Laban's house and when Laban um, followed him and caught up with him, God, of course, pr protected Jacob. And I was looking at, looking at the conversation that they had in Genesis chapter 31. Jacob said, these 20 years I have been with you. Your ears and your female goat have not miscarried their young. I have not eaten the rum of your flock. That which was torn by the beast. So the man who was blessed actually was looking after these animals. And one of them was actually torn by the beast. You would think that if this guy had all the blessings of Abraham, his father had passed all the blessings of Abraham, then whatever he's doing, there will be no challenge. It will just be smooth. He will not face any setback. How can a blessed man be looking after a sheep and then an animal will come and a beast will come and eat some of them? But looking at this, he said, when a beast came to tear, to, to tear one of them, oh, that which was torn by the beast, I did not bring to you. So he took that loss. So the guy actually incurred losses. That when he was taking care of the sheep, some beast came to tear some of them and he bore the loss. This was a blessed man carrying the mantle of blessing. 
But as he was working, at some point in his work, he incurred a loss. And he said, you required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was in the day of drought, in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night. So this man who was working, who had the blessings of Abraham was working day and night, day and night. Sometimes, but yes, still sometimes he incurred losses. And he said, and my sleep departed from my eyes. This man was blessed. But at a at point, he, at a point, because of this labor for 20 years, he could not sleep. He says, thus, I have, been, I, have, I have been in your house 20 years. I served 14 years for your two daughters, six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages 10 times. And this is where I see the favor of God working. Even though this man was working very hard, incurred losses, his boss was tempt, attempt, attempting to cheat him because he kept changing his salary. But yet still, he was being blessed. And so this is where the blessing came in. But the man was working hard. He was incurring losses. But because of the blessings of God, he's, he kept increasing. So the blessings of God does not negate um, hard work. But this man was blessed and he was working hard. He says, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent, sent me away empty handed. God has seen my affliction and my labor and the labor of my hands and rebuke you last night. You see the protection and the blessings of God, because everything that this man had worked for, he could have lost. It. He could have lost it this night when Laban was coming after him. But because of that blessings of God, he was protected and he didn't lose the things that he worked for. So yes, the blessings of God is working in his favor. And, and, and the agenda of God concerning his life was not aborted. But he, from the statement that he wrote here or from the conversation that he had with Laban, he was working hard day and night. Sometimes he lost. But yet still, the blessings of God made him rich. And so now I try again to understand what does Proverbs chapter 10, 22 means. He says the blessings of God makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. And so I look at the Hebrew word. It means so the word there means toil, sorrow, or, or pang, which refers to pain. And so I look at the meaning of toil. And the Bible says, and the dictionary says long, strenuous, fatiguing labor. Struggle, battle, overwork. So the blessings of God does not take you into toil. It does not cause you to overwork. It does not bring a, a stumbling block or a battle in your in your quest to, to get rich. However, it does not negate you working hard. The blessings of God will, will cause you to be favored. Are things that people will do and they won't care losses that you will do and you will excel. Even though this man was being cheated by the boss, changing his wages, making sure that he will not get the best of the, of the cows. But somehow, because of the blessings of God, every, every time he was changing his wages, God kept blessing him. So that is the blessings of God. It will make you rich without toil. But that does not mean that you don't work hard. And Paul also talking about his experience about the grace of God and work that he had to do. He says, but by the grace the unmerited favor and blessing 
of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless or without effect. In fact, I work harder. So Paul said he had the grace of God. And the grace of God was not fruitless. However, he worked harder because he had more grace. And so grace opens door for you. Grace gives you opportunity, but you have to work hard as a child of God. If you are going to be able to fulfill your plans, then you have to work hard. If it means studying harder, then you have to study hard. If it means that putting in more hours at work, then you have to put in more hours. But that does not mean that you are not blessed. That does not mean that the grace of God is not upon you. There are so many things that the grace of God does for you. But God expects you to work. In fact, Jesus Christ says, My Father works, and therefore I also work. So Jesus Christ, during his life on earth, when you look at how Jesus was walking from one place to another, I was reading the book of Mark, looking at how Jesus was moving from one place to another, going to this place, preaching, healing the sick. At this time, there were no cars, and so he was walking desert places, every place. And the next morning, the Bible says, a great while before day, he went to a solitary place to, to pray. I'm like, this man was working and not getting tired, but he came to teach us an example of the life that we are supposed to live. And so, as people who imitate Jesus Christ, let's not say that because we are blessed, we are not supposed to work hard. The blessings of God come is upon us. But if we are going to be able to achieve our goals, then we need to work hard. Um, the next point I want to talk about today is that you have to be passionate about your desire to see change. You have to be very passionate about your desire to see change. A lot of people, when it's, when it's January 1st, they are so excited about January 1st. They are so excited about January 1st that this year things are going to be different. They will tell themselves that, oh, this year I have a good feeling. This year um, things are going to be different. In fact, it was the same feeling they had concerning January 1st, 2023. And January 1st, 2024 is the same motivation, the same zeal, the same feeling. But... If something is going to change, then you you have to do something differently. If you, you really want to see something change in your life, a particular aspect of your life change, then you have to be so passionate to see the change happen. You want to, you have to desire strongly that this part, this year, this aspect of my life, I want it to change. And you need to have the passion and the zeal to see that part of your life change. It shouldn't just be something you just wish will happen. Because if you wish to just see change, the change will never happen. You have to work on that change. And for you to have the fuel, the zeal to be able to work, you need to have a strong passion for the change. And we're going to use the story of this king of Israel. This was a time where Elisha was about to die. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible says, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and went over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. 
Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow, so that he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand, and he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, And he shot, and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Apic till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. So this king came to the prophet and wanted a solution because the Syrians were tormenting or disturbing the people of Israel. The prophet gave him a prophetic direction. He said, take the arrow and strike the ground. First of all, he had already given her an indication that this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. From that point on, the king should have known that all the action that he was taking from that point on was prophetic direction on how they were going to defeat the Syria or the Syrians. And he told him to strike to strike the ground three to, to strike the ground with the arrow, and he did it only three times. This man was not passionate enough for the change that he came to the prophet for. This man was not passionate enough to see the deliverance of his people. Even though he had come, he, he came to the man for a solution. But he did not have the zeal and the passion, enough passion to see the deliverance that he came for. And so the prophet was angry. That Why didn't you do it? If Why didn't you do it like five or six times? If somebody who really had a passion to see change was has been given the opportunity and the, his enemies have been put in his hand, I'm sure that he would have striked like 10 or 20 times. But this man just did it three times. And the prophet was very angry. Shows how passionate the prophet was to see the, the, the condition of Israel change. But the king was not as passionate to see the change that he came for. And so sometimes in the year, we just... There are things that happened in the previous year. We don't want them to happen this year. And we just think, oh, I don't want this to happen this year. And we don't pray passionately about those things. We don't take measures. We don't take steps to make sure that those things that happened last year will not repeat themselves. And so if you want to see a change, if you have put down a plan that represents a change from 2023, then you have to be passionate to see the change happen. You have to be consumed with a passion to see that thing change in your life. And you need to develop that passion and a strong desire to see that these plans that I've written down for 2024, I want to see them come to pass. There are these failures that I experienced in 2023. I don't want them to repeat themselves. I don't want them to happen. As long as you have the passion to see the change, that will determine the action you take towards that plan. So be passionate about the things that you have write, you have, you have written down in your plans. Don't be casual about them. Don't just wish that they will happen. Or don't just say if they happen, fine. If they don't happen, that's okay. 
that those plans that you have for 2024 be passionate that i want to see this thing happen in my life this year i want to see that this plans that i have written down i will they will come to pass i will achieve them be have a strong desire to see your plans come to pass and so be passionate to see the change that you desire whatever thing that you have written down this year that represents a change from last year have a strong desire to see them come to pass and then the next point is that you set deadlines for your goal it is important to set deadlines for your goal because usually what happens is that we set the goal and we say in 2024 i'll do a b and c but you don't have a specific deadline where you want to see your goal a achieve goal b achieve goal c achieved but you are hoping that by the time 2024 comes to an end all the goals you have written will come to pass. If you don't have set deadlines and you make that first December the point where you sit down and say, oh, this is the goals that I set. I didn't achieve them. You didn't achieve them because you did not have deadlines for those goals. So don't just set open bracket goals for the year and say that this year I'm going to do A, B, and C and wait till that first December and see that the goals are not coming to um, didn't come to pass. But set deadline. If you have, for instance, a goal that you want to, maybe you want to buy a new car, you set maybe by June 30th. This is the goal. I want to buy this particular car. So that by June 30th, if you've not bought the car, then you can assess what things, what are the changes you can do to be able to buy the car. Or I want to be able, you're writing an exam, so I want to be able to pass these papers by June. So by June, if you've not passed the papers, then you know what changes can I do because my goal has not been achieved. But if you wait till that first December and then you realize that all the goals that you set or most of the goals that you set for the year, um, they, they didn't come to pass. All, that, all what will happen is that you just roll forward the goals to 2025 because the year 2024 has come to an end. And you just realized that you didn't achieve the goals. So you roll them over to 2025. And if that keeps happening, you just continue rolling over your goals. So you need to set deadlines. So don't just say that I'll accomplish this and that. Be specific with which time of the year you want those goals um, accomplished. And so set deadlines for your goals. The next point is regularly assess your progress. If you are setting deadlines for the goals, then you have to assess your progress towards the goal. You have to see that you are making progress towards the goal. You are not just, um, you've not just written the goals. You're not just working hard on the goals, but you see that you are making pro progress towards the goal. The Bible tells us in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, that examine yourself to see whether you are still in the faith. And this applies to other aspects of um, our lives, um, not just with our salvation or our faith, but other aspects of our lives. So examine yourself to see whether you are still in line towards the goal, whether you are getting closer to the goal, what adjustments you need to make, what changes you need to make. And so for secular organizations, they set goals for the end of the year, for, for the beginning of the year. And we have um, quarter end assessment. We have half year assessment. So 
sorry, we have first quarter assessment, we have second quarter assessment, third quarter assessment before end of year. And so the, these circular organizations are assessing their performance every quarter, looking to see what they are doing well and what they are not doing well, what adjustment they can make, what changes they can make towards the goal. And that is why most companies keep making profit and still staying in business. But if a company does not assess its performance and does not see how things are being things are done and what changes they need to make or what strategic plans they need to put in place, then the company will not be profitable. The company will run out of business. And so if this is being done for an artificial entity that does not have life or for 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 a company which is um which cannot be compared to your life because your life i think your life is valuable than any other thing or any other company here on earth and so if this assessment is done to make sure that the company stays alive then it's important that we also make an assessment of our objectives and our goals and our plans for the year so to ensure that we are making progress towards those goals <clears throat> the next thing point i want to mention is that uh, we want to uh, i want to talk about is that you need to understand the season of your life because god has set <clears throat> god has set in place seasons and times there are seasons and times in our lives <clears throat> and you, therefore you need to understand the seasons that you are in the season of your life for instance if you were a student and you are still in, maybe you are in college or something. And you, you, you are saying that, oh, this year I'm going to buy a private jet. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You are now in school. You cannot even find a private jet. And so you need to understand the season that you are in. If you'll be able to make the right plans, you need to understand the season that you are in. One of the things that I personally pray about every time is that God, in this season, what are you doing? I just want to be part of what you are doing. I don't want to have my own plans. I don't want to go my own way. But what are you doing right now? In 2024, definitely God has a plan that he wants to execute. God has a plan for his church. So God, what plan do you have for your church? I want to be part of that plan. What plans do you have for me, for my family? I want to be part of that plan. So the goal is always to be keyed in into God's plan. And when I was thinking about being keyed in into God's plan, what the example that came to my, my mind was music. When they are when when musicians are playing, the the one who is playing the, the guitar, the one who is playing the organ and the one who is playing the trumpet or, or whatever instrument, they have a key that they are they are all working with. And so if one person plays a different key, then they miss that it will not sync the synchronization or that's the tune that they are trying to create will not they will not be able to create that tune because one of the instrument or one of the instrumentalists is is playing a different key and so in the kingdom of god as a minister who works in the kingdom of god i'm pretty sure god is god has a plan and he wants all the plans and everything that we are all doing whether in asia in europe in as long as it's the body of Christ, he wants us to be in sync because he is the, he's like the one 
who is directing the, 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 the sounds that we are all creating. And so all of us have to stay in the key that God wants us to do. And so we need to understand the times that we live in. We need to understand the seasons of our lives. So if we don't, sometimes if we don't understand the seasons of our life, we will miss the plan of God. The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles. It's the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times um, to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were too. So the sons of Issachar had understanding because they had understanding of the times, because they understood the season and they understood the time, they knew the action that was supposed to be done. But if you don't understand the times that you are in, you will not know the action. Therefore, you will not even know the plans that you are supposed to put on people. But you need to understand which season you are in. And Daniel also said, that in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, the prophet, that would be accomplished 70 years in dissolution. So Daniel understood through the books, by the books, that it was 70 years. And after 70 years, they had to come out from the slavery. And so he started fasting and praying. Because he understood the season. He understood the time. So as you're making your plans, one of the things that you need to pray about is, God, help me understand the time. Help me understand the season. Help me understand what you're doing. What are you doing in my life? What season am I in in my life? Because every season in your life determines what you're supposed to do and what plans you're supposed to execute and you're supposed to follow. So if you are not following the right plan, in, a, in a, set, a particular season in your life, then you'll be frustrated because those plans will not come to pass. So we need to understand the season of our lives, which season that we are in. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 that know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they will they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possession. So that's what God had said, that the children of Israel were going to another nation and they were going to serve that nation for 400 years. That was the set time. That was the plan of God. However, we read from Exodus that the people of Israel, that the people of Israel served more than 400 years because they didn't understand the time. But when Daniel realized that the time was 70 years, he started praying because he knew that this was the time for change. This was the set time. But the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 12, verse 40, the Bible says, Now this, now this, the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. So the, God has said that they were going to live, they were going to stay there for 400 years. However, they stayed there 430 years. I believe one of the reasons was because they didn't take note of the seasons and the things that God had said concerning them. So, to every the Bible says, to everything there is a season. Your actions in every season can't be the same. So the seasons of your life determines the actions that you take. And the actions of every season in your life cannot be the same. God is the one who created seasons. Even though, when we say 2024, between 2024 and 2023 was just one day difference. But God is the one who put in place seasons. In Genesis, the Bible says, 
In Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, Then God said, Let, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for season, for days and for years. So God has put in place seasons in our lives, seasons in the affairs of men. So there are seasons in our lives and we cannot take the same action. We cannot execute the same plan every season of our lives. They are setting, so you need to understand the season of your life and what plans you need to put in place. You cannot copy somebody's plans because you and that person might not be in the same season. You might be in a different season. So you need to get a good understanding of the season of your life so that you don't you don't get frustrated because your plans are not coming to pass. Because if you have a good understanding of the season, then that determines the plans that you set and how you are you that determines if you'll be able to accomplish those plans that you have set for yourself. In, in Psalm 30, verse 5, the Bible says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So there is a season that is called night. That is the night season. And there is another season that is morning. Know that the night season, which might be a season that you don't like, will not last forever. That season will come to pass. And there's another season that is morning. But the action you take during, your, during the night season it will not be the same action you take during the morning season. And so we look at the advice that Joseph gave to, to, uh, to Pharaoh when, when he interpreted the dream. He told Pharaoh about two different seasons that his people were going to go through. And he advised Pharaoh on what to do in the season of plenty and what to do in the season where there is no plenty. And so or where in the season of scarcity. So the actions that Pharaoh took in the season of plenty was what saved them in the season of scarcity. And because he took those actions, he did not feel the impact or Egypt did not feel the impact of the scarcity, but they were able to adapt to the change and actually stay on top of the change when other nations had to come to them for food. Why? Because they prepared for the change that was going to take place. And they did not become victims of the change. However, they took advantage of the change because they had a plan in place. So because Joseph gave them a plan and they implemented this plan, when the change happened, they were able to stay on top. And this is the kind of advantage we have as children of God, that we will not be overtaken by any change. We will not be overtaken by things that happen because we hold on onto the word of God and we hold on onto the promise of God. So no matter the change that happens, we are able to stay on top. For, for this to be possible, we need to stay close to the word of God. And once the word of God shows us or when God reveals something to us, we need a plan in place. Imagine it, when Joseph had the revelation, told the revelation to the king, and the king did nothing about it. The season will come and meet them. And they will not stay on top of the season. But because they put a plan in place. Implemented the plan to the letter. That is how come that Egypt stay, still stayed on top. When the scarcity, the time of the scarcity came. And so we need to understand the various seasons of our lives. And the things that happen in those seasons. So that we'll be able to adapt and we'll be able to adjust.
And that will also inform the plans that we need to make and how we follow after those plans to be able to bring to pass those plans. And so next point is that you need to understand the seasons of your life and learn from the mistakes of the past and from others. Someone said that you will not live too long to make all the mistakes. If you're saying that experience is the best teacher, you might not live too long to have all the experiences. So the best thing to do is to also learn from other people the things they did. Once you have a plan in place, there's nothing new under the sun. If there were things that you did previously in the past year, 2023, that did not work, don't let the, the pain of the plan that did not work cripple you from taking another step this year or from trying again this year. However, learn from the previous mistakes, make the necessary changes and move on or try again. Or if you've seen another person make a mistake, learn from that person's mistake. See what changes you can add to your plan or to your pursuit and then launch out. Don't let, again, don't let even the failure of other people discourage you, but learn from their failures. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Now, not that I've already attained or I'm already made perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold on of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So Paul said he forgets the things that are behind him and he reached forward. And so put behind you the failures of the past. Put behind you the things that didn't work in the past. Don't let them discourage you. Learn from those things and press on. If you be able to pursue or accomplish your plan, don't, when you, there are people who have a certain kind of fear. Like I had a friend who always kept saying that he didn't know how to drive. He didn't know how to drive. He was driving a 4 by 4 And anytime we are going somewhere, it's time to go for lunch. He said, oh, let's drive in your car. Me, I don't know how to drive. I'm like, he said it a couple of times. Like I asked him, have you ever had an accident? He said, yes. When he was learning how to drive, he drove into... Um, he drove into a place that he wasn't supposed to drive into. So he, for him, he has said to himself, he doesn't know how to drive. But it was because of the fear of what happened. That fear has always kept him. So if you ask him to, like, if we are going somewhere and the place is more than a 15 minutes drive, he will not, he's, he will not drive. He will say, let you drive. Because of the experience of the past, and he's not been able to overcome what happened in his past. He constantly have this fear and has labeled himself somebody who is not good at driving. However, he's still he's been driving for years, but he still believes that because of that one accident, he doesn't know how to drive or because of that one incident that happened. And so Paul says, I put the past behind me. So it is important for you to put the past behind you and reach forward and move on. Don't let the past imprison you. Whether it's past success, don't let, don't let the past success make you complacent. But 
let those those things that happen in your past inspire you to pursue your goal and to press forward. Be accountable to yourself or to someone. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So one of the things that I really enjoy about the um, the hundred days reading is how, and after reading, you have to summarize what you have learned. I really, really like that part, and I feel that's a very, very good way of studying the Bible. That after, after, after. You have read five passages of you, or you have read four passages. You need to be able to write down what have you learned from the passage. That actually shows if you are actually learning from the passage. And so be accountable to yourself or be accountable to somebody. It is good to um, be accountable to somebody. And today, today actually, in, 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 in the... In the um, the generation that we live in, there are a lot of tools that are available to help you um, stay accountable. The, the, you can have reminders to 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 um, to remind you. For instance, this this phone always sends me weekly how many hours I spent on my phone. And so, if you are working on reducing the amount of time you spend on your phone, anytime you see your weekly report of the number of hours in your life that you spent on the phone, that will um, cause you to make an adjustment and cause you to be accountable. So we have all these tools at our disposal, this generation, to help us stay accountable. I'm going to just touch on the last point, and then um, we, will go, we, we, we will sum it up for today. So believe that you will excel. In the pursuit of your plans, believe that you will excel. Don't have the mindset that I'm just trying something. But believe that what you are trying is going to excel. What you are doing is going to succeed. You are going to come out victorious. Don't think that, oh, I'll just see what happens. If I, if I succeed, fine. Don't have the mindset of somebody who is not sure whether they are going to succeed in the pursuit of their plans. Have the mindset that by the time 2024 comes to an end, I would have excelled, I would have succeeded. These plans, I would have checked everything and accomplished them. That should be the mindset. Don't make allowance for failure. That I, if Even if I'm not able to finish everything, I'll just roll it over to 2025. But in your mind, try, believe that you are going to excel. Believe that what you are what you are set your heart on to pursue you are going to be successful in in second corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 bible says now thanks be to god who always lead us in triumph god will lead you in triumph he will cause you to excel he will he leads you in victory the bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith so we already have victory so whatever plans that you have set for yourself trust and believe in god that you are going to excel in those plans. Um, so I want to um, make this point the last point for today. Um, I, I when I was preparing for today, I had an idea that maybe next week uh, we would do like I would do like a plan. I present like a plan, like an example of a plan for the year, and then we'll go through together. So I'm just praying that I will have the. Um, God will give me the grace to be able to set that, to be able to present that plan next week um, and then continue, at least half, use half of the time to present the plan and then half of the time to um, 
to continue with um, the points. And if possible, we can also um, do questions and answers and share ideas as well. So um, God bless you so much for joining us today. God bless you for listening. Um, if there are any questions or contributions, please, we can share them be- um, before we pray. Any contributions or questions? Mine is just a contribution. I really enjoyed the message. I'm very glad that the point that really blessed me was the diligence. We have to be point seven. We have to be diligent. And I like what you said about uh, in order for you to be diligent, don't let your plans be abstract. They should be tangible and practical. So God bless you on diligence. Because sometimes we we don't talk about we sometimes we have a feeling like grace and diligence are, are are enemies and that's not really true i mean if 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 you have received the grace of god you should be needing hard work you should be needing diligence so god bless you for but that that point really bless me uh, i don't think there is anything more you could have said about god bless you amen All right. Any other contribution? Okay. All right. So we have like four minutes. Um, Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today, even for the opportunity to um, study your word. We commit our plans for the year into your hands, Lord. We ask, Father, that you will enable us. The Bible says it is you who work in us both to will and to do your good pleasure. We ask for grace. We ask, Lord, that you will guide us. Show us what you are doing this year, Lord. Show us what you want us to do this year. In the name of Jesus. We pray that by the time this year comes to an end, every plan that we have set, we'll be able to pursue that plan and see to the end. That in the end, Lord, we'll have victory as your word says. That we'll walk in the victory that you have given us. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us your word this evening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I will hand over to Pastor Steve.